If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end, it's up to you because only you can save your baby. Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's teaching of Real Christianity with your teacher, Mosley Collins. Each week, we try to bring you a study of God's Word that will encourage and equip you to live a life that God can bless, to live a life of real Christianity. And now, I am proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, darling. Hello, and welcome to today's program. Today, we will discuss whether or not you and I could possibly have a heart that's perfect towards God. But before we begin, let me thank you for inviting me into your home or car or wherever you are to share with you the incomparable Word of God. Now today is part two of our exploration into the topic of having a heart perfect towards God. This study came about after someone shared with me a wonderful scripture and a wonderful promise from God. It's found in the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Let me share that verse with you. The Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. When I heard that scripture, I thought, I want the Lord to find me and show up and show himself strong on my behalf. But to do that, the scripture says, I would have to have a heart that's perfect towards God. Is that possible? I've been thinking about this wonderful promise and praying about it for quite some time. So let's take a look at this first. Let me show it to you again. The Bible says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. When we look at this verse, first we note that it is the eyes of the Lord that are here described running to and fro. Eyes are for seeing. God sees what we do, how we live, where we live. Nothing is hidden from his sight. For the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth. The Bible teaches that we are God's creation. And the world where we live, the earth, the sky, the animals, the plants, all are God's creation. God oversees his creation. His eyes run to and fro. He wants to know what goes on here. He's not sleeping. He's not distracted. He's not uninterested. He looks. He sees. 
One of the most dramatic instances of God overseeing his creation is found in Genesis, beginning at chapter 18, verse 1. The Bible says, Then the Lord appeared to Abraham by the trees of Mamre, as he sat in the door of his tent in the heat of the day. So the Bible tells us that the Lord appeared to Abraham and spoke to him. Now going down to verse 17, here's what we read in this chapter. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, Because the outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom, but Abraham stood still before the Lord. Let me stop here. Now clearly, God did not need to personally go to Sodom and Gomorrah to see what was going on there. He could have seen from his throne in heaven. So why did God go down and pass by Abraham's tent on the way to Sodom? What do you think? Because God wanted Abraham to have the heart of an intercessor who pleads for others, and God wanted to give Abraham a chance to do what happens next. He wanted to give Abraham a chance to be blessed as an intercessor for the people of Sodom, the first intercessor recorded in the Bible. Let me show you what happened next. The Bible says, beginning verse 23 of chapter 18, And Abraham came near and said, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you, Lord, to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you, Lord. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said to Abraham, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Then Abraham answered and said to the Lord, Now, indeed, I who am but dust and ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less than fifty righteous. Would you destroy all the city for lack of five? So the Lord said, If I find forty-five, I will not destroy it. Then he spoke to the Lord again and said, Suppose there should be forty found there. So the Lord said, I will not do it for the sake of forty. Then Abraham said, Let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose there should be thirty found there. And the Lord said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. Then Abraham said, Indeed now, I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty should be found there. And the Lord said, I will not destroy it for the sake of twenty. Then Abraham said, Let not the Lord be angry, and I'll speak just one more. Suppose ten should be found there. And the Lord said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. 
So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. So what a wonderful, wonderful passage of Scripture that is. <clears throat> and God came down to see what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham became the first intercessor to plead for others. The point of this section for our Scripture study today is to simply note that God came down to see what was going on in Sodom. And so it is today. God's ears are open and his eyes run to and fro to see what's happening in his creation today, right here in our city. And so if we can possibly have a heart that is perfect towards him, he will see it. And as he promised, he will show up in our lives, in our struggles, in our failures, in our pain, in our tragedies, to show himself strong on our behalf, mighty on our behalf, victorious on our behalf, if we have a heart that's perfect towards him. You may be wondering, Mosley, can anyone have a heart that's perfect towards God? You might remember in part one of this study, we found three people who had a heart perfect towards God, Noah, Job, and David. Well, you're thinking, those are Bible heroes, mighty men of God. What has that got to do with me? I'm no Bible hero, you're thinking. I'm just trying to hold on to what little I have. A heart that's perfect towards God, you must be kidding. You're thinking, it's impossible for me. And when I think about my own life, I think I can't do it either. I struggle too much. I fail too often. But here's what I want to ask you. It is the most important qualification for a born-again Christian to have a heart that's perfect towards God. And here's the question. Not are you good enough, not are you strong enough, spiritual enough, no. It's this. Do you want a heart that's perfect towards God? That's all. Do you want it? Putting aside your own weaknesses and my own weaknesses, do you want and do I want a heart that's perfect towards God? And do you long for a relationship with God where he shows up in your life and shows himself strong on your behalf, as the Bible promised in Chronicles? Do you long for that? Then I'm going to show you how to have a heart that's perfect towards God. And you can only rise this high in God on the wings of faith. Faith means believing God for things we cannot see, cannot accomplish in our own strength. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the hardest part of having a heart perfect towards God is our tendency to look at our lives, our works, our own strength, and conclude it's not possible. We think, how could I have a heart perfect towards God? Yesterday I fought with my wife or husband. Last week I felt drawn to pornography. Two days ago I was tempted to lie on my income tax return. I don't read my Bible as often as I should, and I spend too much money on myself. Does that sound familiar? And we walk away, dejected, concluding it's not possible for us. And yet Jesus said it was possible. In Matthew 19:26, possibly the most empowering scripture in the whole Bible, Jesus said concerning a very difficult thing, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Some things, no. 
all things are possible with God through faith. Now, what is faith? The Bible defines faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, like this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is clearly seen in the life of Noah. God told Noah there was a flood coming in the future. So Noah built an ark, a boat, to survive the future unseen flood. Noah couldn't see the flood. There'd never been a flood. But God said there was going to be one. Noah believed God and built an ark. How foolish Noah must have looked building this big boat. What for, people would have asked. What a fool, others would have said. A waste of time and money, someone would have remarked. He's a dreamer or crazy, others would have said. It was all foolish and unnecessary and crazy until the day that the flood came and carried them all away to their death. Let me tell you something wonderful. God loves to answer this prayer. Lord, create in me a heart that's perfect towards you. If you tell people you're praying for a heart perfect towards God, they will look at you like you're crazy, like they looked at Noah. But they were wrong about Noah. He wasn't crazy. And they'll be wrong about you too if you pray for this. Other people may think you are crazy, but do you know who is the most difficult person to convince? The, most, the person who will most resist this is ourselves. We feel, I'm not worthy for this. We think, I'm not holy enough for this. I make too many mistakes to be someone God gives a perfect heart. And yet it is, it is something God wants to give you and to me. In Deuteronomy 18.13, Moses told the people, You shall be perfect with the Lord your God. In 2 Chronicles 19.9, the king told the Levites, You shall do all in the fear of the Lord, faithfully and with a perfect heart. In 2 Samuel 22.23, David said, God is my strength and power, and he makes my way perfect. In 1 Kings 861, Solomon told the people, let your hearts be perfect with the Lord our God. In Matthew 548, Jesus said, be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. In John 17, verse 23, Jesus prayed to his Father, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect. In Colossians 1.28, Paul said, By Jesus whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, so that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Clearly, God desires that we have a heart that's perfect towards him. But have we looked at our failures for so long and listened to the accusations of the devil against us so long that we no longer believe it's possible. I tell you, it is possible. In fact, I tell you that it's within your easy reach. It's within your easy grasp, beginning today, beginning right now. Because with God, all things are possible. Are you willing to have a heart perfect towards God and give up anything in your life that prevents this? Are you willing to go that far? 
Are you willing to lose anything that stands in your way? Then pray with me right now out loud. Lord, give me a heart that's perfect towards you. And please change, remove, and destroy anything in my heart or mind or life that prevents this wonderful gift from coming true in my life. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we will discuss the number one reason why people fail to receive this wonderful gift. I hope you are enjoying our teaching on real Christianity. If you have questions concerning today's topic, or you would like to receive a free copy of today's message on CD, just call us at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's MyRealChristianity.com. On the website, you will find a list of all our past programs. You can choose whatever is helpful to you. Programs like How to Lead Someone to Christ, How to Start Your Day with God, The Lord's Prayer, Faith, and Seven Things God Loves to Hear You Say. Now, let's get back to today's teaching. Thank you, darling. We've been talking about having a heart that's perfect towards God. What is the main reason people fail to ask and receive this wonderful gift? It's because they don't believe they deserve it. They look at their life, their failures and faults, how we fall short and conclude it's not possible. If you conclude you are not able to achieve this, you are right, because with men it is impossible, but not with God, because with God, all things, including this, are possible. Everything we receive, everything we achieve that counts in God's eyes is obtained through faith and only through faith. We are saved not because we are so good, not because we are so capable, not because we are so spiritual. No, it's the gift of God. And we can have this perfect heart that God will give us not because we are so good, not because we are so capable, not because we are so spiritual, no. Like salvation, it is the gift of God. I am not in myself, in my own strength, perfect. I'm not that good, not that capable, not that spiritual, no, not at all. I'm not great, I'm not righteous, I am forgiven. I believe what God said, and he counted it as righteousness. You and I, humanly speaking, are weak and poor. We are not in ourselves righteous. No one is except Jesus. Here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Abraham, humanly speaking, was the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God and God counted that as if it were righteousness. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people who are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God, who forgives sinners 
That's grace. You see, we will never be truly righteous in our daily deeds, although we should aim for that. And of course, I'm not saying we should not strive to live a holy life. But what I am saying is that true godliness and righteousness and a heart perfect towards God comes not by our deeds, but by, but by our trust in God, who forgives our many failures and who is willing to call us righteous even when we fall short if we trust in Him and believe in Him. God is not looking for people perfect in their own strength. God is looking for the weak, the poor in spirit, people who struggle, like you and I, to make us perfect by His grace and kindness. If you feel foolish and a failure in spite of your best efforts at being a Christian, you're a person God is looking for to give you a heart that's perfect towards Him. If you feel weak and discouraged in your Christian life, God is looking for you. If you can't do this on your own, God is looking for you to forgive your failings and to make you perfect in His eyes. This is God's way. So if you want this, pray with me right now. Father, forgive my faults, which are many, and by your grace, I pray, create in me a heart that's perfect towards you. Amen. We here at Real Christianity hope that today's message was a blessing to you. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's myrealchristianity.com. Here is a final thought from Mosley. You know, I don't want to end this broadcast without inviting you, my dear listener, to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that when Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth, his own received him not, but as many as did receive him, to all who believed in him, to them he gave the power and the right to become the children of God. They were born again and receive the wonderful gift of eternal life. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, but you would receive him now into your heart and life, pray with me. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Amen. If you sincerely prayed that prayer, the Bible teaches you are born again. You have Christ as your Savior, and you have eternal life as you follow Him. If you want more help, please visit our website at myrealchristianity.com or call me at 916-ALL-FOURS. May God richly bless you, and I'll be here with you again next week. Thank you for listening, and until next week, may God bless you always.
If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end, it's up to you because only you can save your baby. 